<laughs> All right, let's talk uh, Bane, Bane three. 3, which yes. is the Path of Destruction, I think is what it's called. I believe it's called Path is of Destruction. Yes, I believe yeah. you're right. No, no, I think Path of Destruction is the first one, and then the second one is Rule of Two, and then the third one is Dynasty of Evil. Dynasty of Evil, that is yeah. correct. Yes. So, um, yeah, very, very epic. So, okay, we fast forward another 10 years, okay? So at this point, Xana is presumably 30 years old. Um, the Xana and Bane have... Uh, chosen a different life than when they were living on Ambria. They have mm-hmm. now moved into to a to at, on the outskirts of a big town on Seutric Four, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And it's just imagine a typical civilized, you know, Republic planet. And on this planet, they are essentially a brother and sister rich people. Yes, that have their own interests and and they basically have this complete alter ego on this planet. Mm-hmm. And the book opens with Darth Bane conducting his nightly ritual which is he goes out and he does his uh he, he practices the forms of the gem so uh-huh. with his lightsaber shirtless in his front yard just a total power just move, you know just an absolute badass yes. he, he gets out of bed he's like ahi and sore and he has that conversation that everybody has with themselves yes. you're like about to go work out in the morning like should I be doing this? Mm. Like, is it actually good for me to go and work out yeah. right now? Like, we've all had that feeling, right? And then he goes and, and does it and starts to get warmed up. And then what's really cool about it is is the planet that they're on tends to rain yeah, in the fast. evenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's become a little bit of a ritual that he does where when it does rain and when he's training with his lightsaber that he makes it a point to not allow a single drop of rain to touch his skin. And he, like, combats raindrops with his lightsaber. So yes. just envision what that looks like. And it's just, like, the the coolest mental picture. Yeah, just a Sith Lord who's in hiding on this planet, like, literally refusing to allow rain to reach the ground. Yes. So he gets all warm because, yeah, you're right. He gets out of bed and he's all talking about how sore he is. But then he, like, gets warm. And then he goes into, like, his, he basically has this, like, outdoor... Like, uh, imagine like a guest house that's not being used as a guest house. And he opens the door <laughs> and it's basically like his private kind of like retreat area on, mm-hmm. the, on the, the the estate. And in it, he kind of like hits a secret button that opens this like secret door that goes to like a, an office. And in this office, well, he has his office, but then when he opens the secret door, it goes into basically a library that has all of these ancient Sith texts. And in the middle on a pedestal, thanks to Belia Darzu's holocron, he learned how to make his own holocron. Just an and absolute so power move. Darth, Darth Bane's holocron is prominently displayed. You know, he's he's basically making his little impression on Sith history, right? But um, he, a, a, while he's sitting at his desk, starts to kind of talk about this tremor that he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. In his in, left hand. In, is it his left? Yeah. I believe it's his left yeah. hand. So, like, his, basically he gets this uncontrollable tremor in his left hand and he can't, he can't stop it no matter how. And he basically talks about how the dark side of the force has taken such a toll on his body mm-hmm. and that this is the nature of the dark side and that there's really no way you can get around this. Yeah. It's kind of a consistent thing we've seen throughout Star Wars that Sith Lords are always kind of decrepit physical specimens. It is interesting, but uh, it's it's that is such a prominent theme that he actually even starts to think about Xana, Darth Xana, and he's like, how is she doing it? Like, And, and that never like really turns into anything. Like uh, The way that the book's written, it almost like makes it look like Xana's figured something out early on. But he, like, talks about how, like, youthful she still is and how, how like, normal her skin still is and how it's, like, not super pale like mm-hmm. a lot of Darth – or a lot of Dark Lords, I mean. So so that's, like, an interesting aspect that was, like, never really grown upon, which is odd. You know what was, we find out in this book, too, which is interesting? Bane is only 10 years older than mm-hmm. Xana. 
So yeah. Bane was 20 when he overthrew the Sith, and Xana was 10. And then we fast forward 10 years, and when he's in his Orbilisk armor, he's 30 and Xana's 20, yeah. and now he's 40 and Xana's 30. So think about it that way. Like, Darth Bane is only eight years older than I am at this point in the books, and he's like, <laughs> I, I need to find another body to possess. <laughs> like, so, so literally... Literally, he's he's kind of having this conversation with, with himself where he's like, my hand's fucked up. I got to do something. Yeah. And he's annoyed because Xana should have attacked him by now. He's mm-hmm. like, Xana, I've taught everything that, that she needs to know. Like, why has she not tried to overthrow me? Mm-hmm. So now he's convinced himself that Xana essentially is is not a beholden to the rule of two. Yes. And so he's decided now that he needs to, uh, to do something to address this problem. So he goes into One his... quick note about the rule of two, too. Go ahead. Two as well is that it would be cowardly for Xana to allow Bane to age out yes. where she could then kill him easily. Yes. Uh, Bane, it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose of of a stronger... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not... Someone below. Well, it, it, yeah, it... it, 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 it Weakness. It stops it, weakness from rising to the top. Yes. 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 Yeah. So that's a, a super important aspect of the rule too that Bane was starting to get pissed off about. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I'm not sure Xana's the one. So what he does though is after he's done doing his lightsaber training, he goes into the, the to the office. He pulls out a specific scroll that makes a loose mention to an immortal god king called Andedu. Mm-hmm. And so then he contacts his like connection that is the um the the, the guy that basically. Uh, brings him uh, dark side uh, artifacts, memorabilia. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I wish I knew his name, but I can't Dude, remember. Really but, quick too, it's like how how big of a weirdo do you have to be where your job is to find dark side memorabilia and to sell it to people? Well, B- yeah, Bane literally says it like it's like a thing. Like he's like he's like I'm a Sith and I want this stuff, but like there's all these like weirdos that want it, so it actually provides perfect cover for me because yes. I just look like a weirdo. And what's interesting too is is Bane essentially hates this guy even mm. though he's performing a massive service for Bane. Yeah. He hates him because the guy calls himself a Sith expert. And yeah. and and Bane has like oftentimes like thought about how fun it would be to reveal himself yeah. and to kill the guy. <laughs> he uses the word fantasize. Yes. Like he's like Bane fantasizes revealing himself to this guy and just killing him just so that he understands. But then decides like, not to because no he Sith. yeah, because yeah. he decides not to because he serves a better purpose, which he actually does. Yeah, exactly. So he uh, he ends up getting the 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 information to the the location of Darth Undedu's uh, um uh homeworld, which ends up being a place called Prakith. So then what he does is he needs to find an excuse to get Xana out of town so that he can leave. So he scrolls through all of these like reports and he finds reports of a Jedi that got killed mm-hmm. on a planet called Dome. So he calls Xana into his office and it comes in and he goes, she's like, what can I do for you, master? And he's like, I need you to go to Dome to, um, to basically investigate this, this dead Jedi mm-hmm. and find out what's going on. She's like, all right, cool. And then when she's leaving, we and Drew Carperson does such a good job of this. We like teleport into Xana's brain, and now Xana's like, like, like I like I can't find an apprentice, but I'm so sick of this. And then she actually promises she's like, this is the last time I'm doing a mission for Bane. So like we now know that Xana's planning on attacking yes. Bane any second. It just happens to be the too late because Bane's already decided he's done with and, her. And and there's this like level of front that Xana and Bane now have with each other. Yeah, because both. she's also having the conversation with herself where she's like. I don't want to just attack Bane when he's weak, mm-hmm. but I'm also trying to be uh, sneaky about how I go about this. And and like, does Bane want me to wait a little bit longer before I attack him? Like, so she's trying to almost read Bane's mind 
and on two different levels. On one level, she wants to do what's right by the rule of two. And on another level, she wants to kill Bane and, and yeah. actually succeed him. Yeah, exactly. So um, at, this, at this point, we basically have to find out what's going on on Doan. So basically on Doan, there's this, uh, essentially imagine a planet that's been strip mined into oblivion. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic kind of like caste system where like there's a royal caste that kind of benefits from the working class and like all the working class people are broke and then all the, the, the royals are rich. And essentially there's this rift that's forming between the two of them and they're on the verge of a revolution kind of anyway. Yeah. But what ends up happening is there's, their their revolutionary group uh, accidentally accidentally kills the king's son. Okay. Yes. So uh, and the king's son happens to be married to one of the main characters of the show named Sarah, who also happens to be nothing the happens by coincidence in yes, Star Wars. Yes, exactly. Sarah happens to be the daughter of Kalib, the healer that saved Bane in the second book and the healer that saved Bane in the first book, right? So Sarah is a, the is a adopted adopted is the wrong word, but a, basically a daughter in law of mm. the king. And her husband was killed by one of these revolutionaries. So the Jedi, Med Tandar, um, a random a random Jedi working for the Council of First Knowledge, which essentially their job is to go throughout the galaxy and rid it of Sith holocrons and artifacts and mm-hmm. things like that. So the miners end up finding in their mining processes some Sith amulets and rings and, and shit like that, right? Yeah. So Med Really, Tandar, like, not a big deal, but it looks like a big deal. Yeah. Mm. And it's kind of funny because, like, Med Tandar shows up to this meeting of the revolutionaries, and they think he's there to, like, broker a peace between them and the royals and really he doesn't give a shit about that he's there for the sith amulets and stuff and so they're like pleading their case to him and he's like he's like i'll talk to the royals but he just really doesn't care right but then in the middle of the meeting this like this itachi comes in and just kills everybody like an assassin comes in yes an assassin and and she's called the huntress and she is just an absolute badass mm-hmm. like right so she's first of all she's incredibly evil what's her unique ability Tell um so she has a, a couple unique abilities yes. she essentially can uh manipulate time and space in in a certain way um and 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 what i when i say that sh- she can essentially be in certain positions or or touch certain objects and and uh, almost feel what has happened in those in those spaces and what's really interesting and that goes beyond most uh other jedi or sith abilities is not only can she feel what happened in that space then she can start to almost infiltrate uh the personal lives of who was in those spaces um, which is a big deal down the road and we'll kind of explain that a little bit further on top of that though she can essentially uh create this like aura around her that that um almost kind of like like the unknown creatures that we see in the high republic era where she essentially can like cast this like level of like dark side energy that like makes it um, impossible for Jedi to use their powers effectively. When they try to tap into the Force, it's like painful and and they're weak. Yes. So essentially, like like Med Tandar, this Jedi, like kind of engages to fight this Iktachi. And when he does, like he tries to tap into the Force, and it's like this horrible feeling. Yeah, right? he has like, like dread. Oh, no. He feels yeah. terrible, and he ends up getting killed. Yeah. So well, and he gets killed in a in a in a in a cool way, in the sense that like he kind of powers through to sort of tap into the Force a little bit, and yeah. like bats away some lights, uh, some uh, uh, bolts from her blaster, and then he actually reaches out and pulls her blaster to him, but he's so foggy that he doesn't sense the danger, and like she basically just self destructs her own power. Pack in the in the blaster, in the blaster, which basically just kills Med Tandar. Yes. So 
So basically, this that's how the Jedi died that Bane found out about and sent Xana to go get. But mm-hmm. the, again, the loose connection there is basically the, the they were there at the revolutionaries that got assassinated, and they those revolutionaries had killed the son of the king, mm-hmm. who also happened to have been married to Sarah, who's Kaleeb's daughter, right? Yes. So and it gets even more connected because yes. Kaleeb's daughter has a bodyguard. Her name is Lucia. She was literally in the Gloomwalkers, that unit of Sith soldiers that Bane was the commander of, or the lieutenant of, and she was literally the girl with the sniper rifle that Bane snatched the sniper rifle from and shot all yes. the dudes that were that were trying to get into the airspeed. And Lucia still, Lucia, Lucia, however you say her name, uh, frequently thinks about Bane and how like how grateful she was for Bane and yes. and how she doesn't know what happened to. Bane. Oh no, so it goes farther than that. She she has no clue what happened to him yet. Ulabor was the actual commander of the unit. Ulibor, uh was the guy that ratted Bane out uh-huh. when he when he punched him in the face, and, and we went over this in the first book. But what's crazy is, is oh, like yeah. all of the people in the Sith unit wanted to kill Ulibor, but Bane shook them off and was like, "No, it's not worth it. It's just going to be bad." Well, literally the next time they went into battle, Lucius shot him, shot in the him back. right in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's all of these uh, connections, and nobody knows about them yet. Yeah, like, nobody this knows. This is all about just like kind of unraveling slowly, and as a reader, you can kind of tell what's going on. Yeah. It's it's pretty obvious. Like Drew doesn't try and hide. No, this. Drew's not uh, subtle. He's not subtle. No. Yeah, like which he, I he's appreciate. Very, yeah, and like that's one of the things that he talks about when referring to how he like created Bane. He's like, I, as the narrator, I do not lie to to my, yeah. my readers. Exactly, like, right? which is a big part of like the last the last um, section of this podcast. Exactly. We'll yeah. So so that kind of sets the stage. So Xana goes to the planet, but. At the same time, Sarah and Lucia end up going to Coruscant because the Jedi Temple, now that a Jedi has died, is almost certainly going to send a contingent to investigate Mm -hmm. exactly what happened. The king does not want that to happen. So the king's kind of pissed off. But Lucia, uh, uh, but Sarah basically goes like, "I'll go take care of it." So Sarah and Lucia go to the Jedi Temple to basically meet with the Council of First Knowledge, Med Tandar's. master and basically smooth things over because essentially what they're worried about is the royal family essentially having ordered that hit yes and essentially that way the royal family would essentially be responsible for metander's death via collateral damage which would be a huge problem right and like and and essentially they're like the, the the jedi council can put some basic things together they're like wait 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 metander went to the royals first and then went to the revolutionaries, they could have had an assassin fall. So, like, there's a lot of circumstantial yes. evidence that basically implicates the royals, which, by the way, Sarah ordered the hit. Yes. So, let's just... Oh, no, and, Lucia and did. Lucia Lu- did. Yeah. Yeah, Lucia yeah, did. Lucia did. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna call her Lucia. <laughs> I think it's Lucia. All right, Lucia. So, so we've decided with on that, Lucia. I've Lu- decided Lucia. With that, we should know. We listened to the audiobook. Um, with that, the king's like super worried because he's like, I don't know why this happened. He's yeah, like, I don't know why like our enemies got killed, but it wasn't me. Yeah, and 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 Sarah doesn't even know like what had happened yet. And then Lucia goes back into like the 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 room of of Sarah and Lucia's like, private, Hey, yeah. I could tell you're really sad about your husband being killed so i ordered the hit yeah and then she thought uh, lucia thought that sarah was gonna be all pissed off and then sarah's like oh my gosh like you're my best friend yeah. ever i love you yeah sarah's like eternally grateful to her S- sarah's kind of an evil one yeah she is. she's well, very vindictive she's what, what she is is she's like 
I think she's just completely twisted by the grief of everything that went down. Yeah, with she got her. And, yeah, yeah, her. She knows her. Her father was killed. And now her husband's been killed. Her husband's been yeah. killed. Um, she does not think that the the universe or the galaxy is friendly, no, even though she's, she's a healer. Yeah, she definitely has mm. a negative attitude towards all this stuff. So, yeah. so you can kind of imagine this, the situation here. Everyone's now ventured off in other directions. Like, like uh, Zana's going to Doan to investigate, right? Sarah and Lucia are going to Coruscant to deal with the to, to, with the Jedi Council. Bane is going to Prakith to look for Undead's holocron. Mm-hmm. And then this set hearth, this dark Jedi, this other guy, which we're about to go over, he was a he was a member of the Council of First Knowledge who got turned to the dark side basically by these talismans. Yeah. And now now he is a dark Jedi that just basically uses the power of the Force for individual gain and greed. He's kind He's of a not jerk. a Sith. Yeah, no, he's not a Sith, and he's not loyal to anybody other than himself. He yes. has very, he has a very small mindset in the fact that he's just like, hey, if I'm comfortable, that's all I really care about. I don't need to rule. I don't need to be well known. He's like, if people know my name, you know, that's fine. I like to. He, he's very like stylish, and mm-hmm. he, like, he like has this like aura about him, but it's very like surface level, yes. right? Yeah. So 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 Set Hearth basically goes in and. Uh, uh, goes to a bar and starts picking brains to find out where the amulets are. He ends up having to kill some bodyguards at a bar to fi- to get the answer, but he finally gets the answer. The dude takes him down to uh, like basically a cave where these miners are hanging out, and one of the miners is like way ambitious and like angry and he's got a Sith amulet on his chest and, and like Seth has basically figured out like this is the dude who found the stuff and, and he clearly put it on and like essentially one of the things they explain in the book is like even if you're not force sensitive if you wear essentially a a, a amulet or a ring or something mm-hmm. that's got like the, the, the power of the force imbued in it mm-hmm. you get like temporary like kind of like improve it you don't become super powerful but you become more powerful yes. essentially well and we see a similar things happen in two major series we see this happen in lord of the rings with the ring itself when yes. it turns in everybody into a-holes who yes that's and we also point. see it in harry potter um, oh, when, okay. when they actually have one of uh, Voldemort's whole cruxes and like Ron's wearing it around his neck and he's just a complete jerk. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to eventually go back and watch the Harry Potter movies. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. We might have to do that and Game of Thrones. Like Dude, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter is so good. Re-watches. So uh, anyway, we uh, set Hearth basically kills all the guys and gets the amulet in the rings. Doesn't put them on right away because he emphasizes that sometimes when you put on something like that, it has like a cost. And so he mm-hmm. wants to appropriately research them. All knowledge that he learned when he was with the Council of First yeah. Knowledge, right? Very practical. So Xana basically follows him and finds out from the trail essentially exactly what happened with Set Hearth. But Set Hearth had left already. But she kills everybody in her past so that nobody has any recollection of her. But... It turns out Set Hearth lives in a mansion on Nalhutta. So he's living like lavishly on a hut crime world, like like kind of epic, right? So he comes back from a, a night of, of drinking out mm. on Nalhutta and Xana's in the the uh the uh, his mansion, right? And she basically like appears over him and he like fakes like he's drunk and passed out and then like tries to fight her and they end up in this fight where she just wipes the floor with him just just kicks his ass all over the place and at the end essentially like hits him with a sorcery spell that causes him to descend into madness and basically (laughs) drop into a coma right yes and 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 her whole thing is like this is going to be his last test like if he's if he's capable of being my apprentice if he's strong enough Mm -hmm. to become my apprentice he's going to have to be able to crawl out of this hole that i just put over the course of days over days and i think it was like three days Mm -hmm. that he was out right 
So Seth Hearth finally comes out of his his coma, and Zayna basically makes a pitch to him. Basically, is like, here's the deal: mm. you like, I can kill you, <laughs> or or you can become my apprentice. Because like, obviously, she can't let him yes. live. So Seth's like, an, uh, like, talk about what's the expression for like uh, for like forced compliance? Uh, that's it's basically yeah, yeah. forced compliance. Right. So like, he's basically in a situation where he has no choice but to become Correct. her apprentice. And and Seth again, he's kind of an a hole. So he's like, okay, like I'll play along. Yeah. He's like, even if I have to play along for a couple of years. Yeah, because Carpishin goes in his brain. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'll play along, you know, and I'll learn whatever I can from her, and then I'll split. Yeah. It, so so Seth is like. And even when Seth's talking, like, he's kind of considering it. Yeah. But he's definitely not really bought in. He's basically just doing it as a survival mechanism, right? right? So, basically, at that point, Xana and Set get in their ship, and they go back to see a trick. Okay, let's teleport now to uh, uh, to uh, Lucia and Sarah. Yeah. So, Lucia and Sarah come to the Jedi Temple, and... They meet with Met Tandar's, Med Tandar's master, and they have this long drawn, and they really, really hammer home like the just the overly pious preachiness of the Jedi Order, and how like they're talking about all these things, and Lucia and Sarah are like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, you know. But eventually, they start talking about the. Keep sin. in mind, Lucia was literally fighting against the Jedi a number of years ago. Yeah, as, like she as knows. a Sith, right? Yeah, as uh-huh. as, a, as a Sith soldier, at as least. a Sith and, soldier. And yeah. Sarah was was healing, uh, or was with her dad when her dad was healing Sith soldiers and Jedi soldiers just not the actual Jedi and Sith just the actual like the, foot, the soldiers. foot soldiers yeah because yeah, like mm-hmm. remember uh uh was like not wanting to participate in the actual force conflict he just mm-hmm. wanted to help the people right so in the process they end up having conversations about this uh this uh the Sith being defeated in this epic conflict on Ambria and she's like on Ambria like that's weird, and, and and he's like, she's like, can you show me? Because he's like, I have a, a a kind of like a memorial to this, and she's like, okay, can you show me? So they yes. go to this memorial, and it's the five lightsabers, right, that are there from uh, from all the people that died in the Sith conflict on Tython. And then it has a mention of Kaleeb the healer on Ambria mm-hmm. on the the plaque, and she just becomes overwhelmed with grief because she just found out her dad died, right? Yes. And uh, and then and then what ends up happening is she starts to kind of like prod and poke a little bit and ask some questions and and specifically is like so tell me about this Sith Lord like what was he like because she's thinking oh gosh like Bane came back and killed him mm-hmm. and then when he goes they they just she's like like what kind of hair did he have and he's like he had long flowing brown hair and he, he, she's like how tall was he and not exceptionally so yeah exceptional. now Bane is like legit six three. Like two hundred something pounds, solid muscle, bald, bald. Like, like, and he has so, both of his hands. And he has both of his hands. It, it, and uh, well, although in theory, Bane could have lost a hand at some true, point. True, true. But basically, she immediately goes like, "That wasn't Bane. Bane's alive. Like, Bane killed him. Killed my dad. Got away with it somehow." And so she becomes like possessed with this. It, so they get back in the ship. She also, Sarah, also manages to kind of like use some political savvy. Uh, speaking to essentially convince the Jedi Temple to not investigate what happened on Doan, right? Um, Basically draws a good clean line between any sort of proof that the royal family was involved, right? So uh, she gets in the ship and basically goes to Lucia and goes like, we need to hire the Huntress again. And so they go meet the Huntress. Again, super vindictive. Yes. Sarah. Yeah, like she wants revenge. She wants Bane dead now. Yes. So so she brings Lucia to Ambria, and, and Lucia engages in that other force behavior that Luke broke down earlier. Same kind of thing that Cal Kestis has in, in Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. Same sort of thing that Ahsoka showed mm. in, in, a, in the uh, episode where she kind of sensed what happened in the final conflict after she fell off the cliff. This, she uh, uh, Basically, Luc- Lucia uh, and Sarah bring the Huntress to Ambria, 
and the Huntress basically senses the environment, discovers everything that happened there, also starts to see the future mm-hmm. in this spot. And she starts seeing the conflict between Xana and Bane on Ambria. Over and she and over sees and over versions again. of it where either one of them wins, which is like this other cool thing. So she she basically at that point goes like, okay, I'll do it. But not even for the money. She does get a huge paycheck. Yes. But it, but it's not even for the money. She just wants to challenge herself. Yes. Like she and she has this like overwhelming sense of destiny starting mm-hmm. to come over her, where she feels like she's supposed to do this. And she can't tell if it's something that's good for her, if it's something that's going to end her life. Yes. Like she's literally just so interested yeah, that she like essentially takes up Sarah. Exactly. So, and, and she basically goes like she knows she's going to dream about the dark man tonight. Like, and yeah. so she starts to dream about Seutric mm-hmm. and which is which is what allows her to locate where Seutric was. So they give so her incredibly they give cool. her 20 mercenaries from the Doan Royal Guard and her and they give her a special Senflax is what they call it, a special like neurotoxin that essentially can uh, uh, put somebody in a position where they're mentally there, but dim enough that they can't use the force and physically paralyzed. Yes. So like a great way to capture a force user. And the only reason why Sarah knows about this is because she's used it and she's seen her dad use it uh, when he was performing like essentially surgical procedures yeah. on people in order to sedate them. It was, yeah, it was a sedative. Mm-hmm. And they, she actually grabbed it out of the the the, the, the shack That's in right. Ambria after Luci- her and Lucia brought the hunches yeah. there. Right? And what's really cool about it is, is Essentially, they apply it. the The idea is they apply it to the the blade of a dagger, yeah. and then all they have to do is just do a, like the most just minute blood. Yeah. of cut on someone, and then all of a sudden they've been inoculated with with this and drug, and they'll pass out. Right. So uh, at that point, uh, essentially, the huntress and the twenty mercenaries are sent off to see Utrecht to to go capture Bane. Right. So now we at have, mansion, yeah. if you, as you can imagine, we have Xana and Set Hearth. Headed for Sutric. We have uh, we have uh, the Huntress and her, the Doan Royal Guard, headed to Sutric. Now Bane goes off in, in my favorite part of the entire book. Okay. So there is a there is a scene at the start of the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. that I've mentioned to you before. That's one of my favorite uh, examples that kind of like of what could have been in the in the Star Wars sequel if if they would have not butchered it. Not butchered it. So <laughs> That's all Kylo Ren, <laughs> we see this scene of Kylo Ren on some random planet, and he is just eviscerating the local, you know, militia that's mm. fighting against him. And he goes to this, uh, this like platform and grabs what looks like a holocron on it. Yeah. Now it turns out all of that is stupid because it's a wayfinder that was actually okay. So apparently, this wayfinder might have been older. Then, because originally it's the it's weird thing is the dagger. Exists. The yes. weird thing is the dagger. No, no, the holocron makes sense that it could, could exist because all it is is essentially a map to get yes. to Exegol, which is in the unknown region. So that makes sense. These to me. maps, the man. dagger is weird because remember the dagger Goonies has the style, shape. Yeah, like, and it has the shape of the the down Death Star, a decaying down to Death Star, which would change so rapidly in the over ocean. Time in the ocean, yeah. Yes. Don't even and, get us started. Also, <laughs> also not to we mention, can't like, do this right what now. What made National Treasure work? was like it'd be like little keys from like 700 years yes. ago or longer like from the medieval times whereas like this had like literally taken place like 
The Death Star had crashed 30 years Dude, earlier. 30 years ago. It's the stupidest. And he's standing on some random, like, knoll. Grassy that happens that, to be the right grassy dude, knoll. Dude, it makes no sense at all. It none of no, it. It's none all of it. stupid. None of it. But, it's stupid. But the Wayfinders actually made sense. So, like, they made only two were made. And essentially, like, they're they're basically these maps, right? But one of them happens to be in this uh, a place. Think of it as similar as to, as to the map that was in that Dathomirian temple. Like, mm. it made sense because that it specifically was very old. So, but, uh, uh, you know, Kylo Ren grabs it and basically just leaves. That actually reminds me the most of this particular uh, scene. So Bane basically goes to Prakith and it's in a roiling lot. Basically, I imagine like a volcanic caldera. Mm-hmm. And in the volcanic caldera, there's like lava in the caldera. And then in the middle coming out of the lava is essentially this big black temple. Yeah. Like a like pyramid with, with like a flat top on it. Which right? was made for uh, a landing. Yes. Which was made as a landing pad. Bane literally just lands his ship on top of the, 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 the temple. Gets out. All the warriors that live in the temple, because basically Bane had gone to a small town in Prakith and basically had discovered that the loyalists of Andedu mm. still live in the temple, even though Andedu has been gone for thousands of years or whatever. And even though, even though the loyalists are the ones that killed Darth Andedu, anyways, <laughs> anyways, that's actually a great point. Yeah, but what's crazy is, is like, uh, uh, even the the locals are like, they're like, you're, you're, the, yeah, why like, are you going there? Why are you going there? Those, those weird. people are really weird. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are really weird. They're, and so, they're, it's, it's, they're, they're, uh, it's unknown how many people live in this temple. They don't know yeah. if it's a dozen. They don't know if it's. Ten dozen. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, the, the number that kind of came to my mind when I was reading the book was like about a hundred. Yeah, he like, could feel them. Because there were like there were like twenty or so warriors that come out to the top of the temple, right? And so they they meet Bane at the top of the That's temple cool. to like defend the temple, and Bane just goes screw it and like literally unleashes a wave of dark side energy that basically forms a bubble around him and as the Indeduites are running at him they enter into this field and they basically wither and die as bane absorbs their life force (laughs) and what's really jacked up too is (laughs) is they're like hoarding bane and as like these people are starting to die in front of their friends they start to realize, like, oh my gosh, like, do not enter this bubble, and then they're getting pushed yeah, by their by friends the people behind because yeah. they're all so excited to try and kick Bane's ass, and Bane's like, yes, come to me. So there's a small handful of them that don't run into the bubble of death, and, yes. and Bane dispatches those with his lightsaber. Then he basically descends into the temple, goes in as he's walking down the hallway, like he can see people, he can feel people cowering in their in their cells. Occasionally, someone would pop out, and he would literally snap their neck with the force, like just, just like, and then like walk by goes into Undedu's, these bane books are so jacked oh uh, like, I, I i love it i love it so he goes into the he goes into the back of the temple where the sarcophagus is just kicks the lid off pulls undedu's dead fingers off of the holocron grabs it out of his hands walks back up gets in a ship and flies away <laughs> it's like it's the ultimate sith yes. power move dude incredible and and again the idea behind this holocron is it apparently has the key to eternal life yes mm-hmm. so so Bane on the flight back to uh, uh, Seutric, he's headed back to Seutric, right? So now we have Bane headed to Seutric. We have uh, 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 the Huntress and her uh, royal guard headed to Seutric, and we have Xana and Setharth headed to Seutric. But while Bane's on his way to Seutric, he's digging into the holocron trying to figure out the uh, uh, the ritual of essence transfer, which is essentially the ability to transmit his consciousness. Essentially, it goes. It works like this: Bane can attempt to possess. A body. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a clone, he can just take the empty space, but it's going to take too long for him to grow a clone. 
So he needs to find a person that is physically fit to what he needs, but that he can dominate their uh, their psyche or whatever. Yes. Because if you lose that battle of wills, you get banished to the void. And he can't just pick up some some Joe Schmo because if if the body cannot contain the dark side energy as a vessel, then the body will decay and Bane will be in the exact same issue. Exactly. So exact same problem. So Bane is trying so Bane Bane is trying to figure out how to do the ritual of essence transfer and Darth and Dead is just being a prick and just won't yeah. tell him. Uh, you're not worthy okay like it's like just kind of and, and what Jason's referring to as well is like each of these holocrons um have essentially like a personality behind them. Yeah. And it's not a true personality. Imagine like it's Siri. like a, it's like yeah. uh it's like a programmed personality. Yeah. And and but there is it's like high level AI. Like yeah. the highest of levels AI. And then mm-hmm. the holocron's not giving him his answers. Exactly. So he eventually basically essence transfers himself into the holocron. So he basically <laughs> Bane basically mentally dominates the holocron. It's the same kind of risk. Like if he fails, he could be banished to the void yeah. essentially, but he wins because he's Bane. Oh, because he's, he's Darth Bane. Bane. So he overpowers and just basically rips the knowledge of essence transfer away from Darth and dead. Who's, you know, secret Oracle, whatever that's living in this holocron. And it basically just takes the information. So he's all stoked because he's got the, it, but once again, this is a recurring theme in the Bane books. He now shows up at Seutric exhausted, ready yes. for sleep. And he's also just preoccupied. He, I envision Bane just whistling. He's like walking into his house. And then all of a sudden he's really, he realizes he's like, there's 21 people in my yeah. house. He, he immediately senses that there's 21 people, but it's kind of dim because the Iktachi's like force power is, 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 is dimming his, uh, 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 you know, awareness. Uh-huh. They set up sonic booms right at the door as he walks in. They're throwing flash grenades. So he's like immediately blind and deaf. Yeah. Like as soon as he walks in, but he can see through the force. And, and so the like, Huntress it, is again casting like her her negative energy at him. Exactly. So it's it's messing him up. But like this is actually a really cool scene, I thought. Because Bane just fucks them up. Yes. Like just absolutely fucks them up. But in the process, it's this long drawn out battle. He's snapping necks, he's murdering people snapping and all that. Snapping necks and cash and checks. And, and, yeah. And like it, Lucia ends up like landing the slightest blow on his No, arm. not Lucia, the Huntress. Uh, the Huntress Lucia's not here. Yeah, Lucia's not there. Which is important. The Huntress Lucia and Bane would recognize each other exactly. if she had been. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the Huntress ends up landing like a slight scrape on his arm. But like Bane, so but Bane, she went to go drop a killing blow on him, and he spun away, and it ended up missing and barely grazing his arm. But then he basically like finally like just completely shatters the Huntress's like fog of war mm-hmm. on the situation because he's so powerful, just shatters it, and then just becomes like this beacon of dark side energy, just starts fucking everything up. Yes. Just kill- but then just falls asleep. Then he just yeah he because asleep. because go he bed. got cut by the Senflax ever so slightly on his arm. Right. One side note too, not to get down too many rabbit holes. It was really interesting because the Huntress can see the future, and yeah. she doesn't know if they're going to be successful in in capturing Bane. And and again, like when she when she sees the future, sometimes it's very cloudy. Yes. Other times it's not cloudy at all, and she can truly know what's going to happen. There's a part where one of the the um, royal guard asks the leader of the royal uh, guard. Yeah, yeah, the leader of the royal guard asks the Huntress, like, "Hey, are we going to be successful?" And she's pretty much like, hmm, I don't know. And then she envisions envisions his body broken and mangled on the ground. Ba- yeah, basically. 
basically every and single... And doesn't tell him. Like, she's just like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then she, like, walks off. She insinuates that every version of the future that she's seen shows this guy dying. So, yes. like, she's like, yeah, he's going to die. Like, yeah, but she, and she just looks him dead in the eye and just doesn't tell him and goes about it. And by the way, big shock, he dies. Yes. So, so he dies. But so they... So he gets the crushed Huntress, by a couch. He gets like, crushed by a couch and he's, like, things. obliterated like, into like, a bunch of pieces. Can, envision that in Star Wars. Like, how did you die in Star Wars? It's like, uh, chopped by a lightsaber. No. Crushed by couch. <laughs> like, that's just like the worst way to die. So so Bane gets taken prisoner. Um, uh, the Huntress brings Bane to, to Doan, where Sarah and Lucia are. And there's essentially this prison that is closed off because it was considered inhumane. But it's below the royal palace in, in the, basically the depths of the mm. earth. And yeah. it, the way they describe, like imagine like Swiss cheese. That's the way this planet is. I envision it as like a maze. Where like the mining has basically stripped the earth away to where there's like these small bits of land that are exposed on the like surface, pillars. but there's giant pillars going down. And so the stone prism is ba- prison is basically built into one of these pillars. Yes. And so there's like little hangar bays that are kind of like positioned along the wall. Mm-hmm. The the king does not know that this is happening, by the way. Yeah. The, so Sarah and Lucia basically open up the stone prison without telling the king, which is a huge so deal. which is a huge deal, right? So uh, they take Bane in there and they basically lock him up while he's completely you know, paralyzed by the arms hanging from the ceiling. So his like shoulders are getting pulled out of their sockets and stuff. And he's like completely just dead to rights. Right. And, um, at this point, Xana and set hearth, the dark Jedi show up on Seutric and basically discover that Bane has been, uh, um, Bane has been captured. Right. And she can actually see the evidence of all the broken shit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So at that point, basically, uh, uh, set, finds a piece of like a patch or something that basically signifies Doan Royal Guard. So that's how they identify that Bane's basically been taking to, taken to Doan, right? They yes. separate and basically um, uh, Xana goes to find out what Bane went on his mission. So she goes to basically the the dark side uh, uh, talisman Distributor. dealer guy yeah, dealer to basically word, find yeah. out. And she ends up actually killing him to torturing him to find out the truth because mm. like he was he was a good businessman and he would not reveal Bane's secrets mm. but then she just reveals herself as a Sith and tortures and he's like, him oh this is another level <laughs> yeah and, and and basically tells him hey like I, he wanted Darth Undedu's uh you know final resting place or whatever yeah she tells uh um she tells Set, Set. to basically find out everything that he can about Doan and, and the the whole situation there right uh-huh. so they meet back at the well, house. And Set knows a lot about Darth Undedu for whatever reason well, oh because because they run his... into each other so so mm. when they come back from their separate missions she goes like fuck like he wants this darth undeadu thing and then and then literally sets like darth undeadu the immortal and like it's yeah. so like he had known from the council of first knowledge who darth undeadu was and so now now like he reveals to her that it's like about immortality so now xana feels betrayed yep because she's like bane's trying to basically also break the rule of two by staying alive forever which to bane's defense was not what was, was not his goal he literally just wanted to to stay alive long enough to to ha- have a proper successor exactly so uh while at the same time uh set hearth is now obsessed with this is like no nah, i want this holocron so like yes. they, he's super interested so the two of them load up and they go to don so now everyone's headed to don okay we get to Doan, and there, Lucia and Sarah and the Huntress go in to do their first interrogation of Bane. So, like, there's a list of, there's, like, a bunch of these, like, drugs out on the table, and there's one that, like, kind of brings him to the point where he's mentally alert, but that he still can't use the Force. Yes. So, uh, uh, and he's not really mentally alert, he's kind of, like, partially alert, mm-hmm. right? So then Sarah starts to have this conversation about about the death of Kaleeb, and yes. Bane, Bane's like, I didn't kill Kaleeb. 
And she's like, it doesn't believe him because in, in, her, him. in her mind, the entire reason why she's bringing Bane back is so she can essentially torture him yeah. and kill him, right? And, and Bane didn't kill him. Yes, and and then that like, and then Sarah doesn't want to believe that. Like, yes. it is in her mind's eye that she needs to avenge her dad's death and kill Bane. Yes, yeah, which is not going to happen for her. Which is not going and to she happen. Completely loses it. So 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 Sarah's starting to kind of d- d- fall apart mentally. Lucia immediately is like horrified because she's like, "That's Des. That's." My, yes, our old Bane's captain. previous name before he yeah she's like that was my old commander the one that I literally killed for like I, I, I love this dude and she's also really troubled because Sarah is like really going down a dark path in terms mm-hmm. of like vengeance and revenge and stuff right and the huntress is like now like her job is over but she's just hanging out just because she's a terrible and it's witch. really creeping everybody out because yeah. like she's because she's kind of just sitting in the back corner like smiling at and, one like, point Sarah's like can you go and the huntress is like no, no. <laughs> she's <laughs> like I'm, not, I'm actually gonna not yeah go. I'm actually gonna not go I'm gonna not not stay I'm and <laughs> it, so but like it's re- it gets really interesting because then like Sarah goes like well I want to kill you anyway Bane because you're a bad guy yeah. and Bane starts to like lay out the ideology of the rule of two to her in a really like kind of matter of fact way and she's like. She's like, she's like, well, you can't be that strong because I have you now. And he's like, yeah, you're right. Like, if this is a sign that I am too weak, and like, and if I, if I serious. can't, and he basically goes like, if I can't escape, that will mean that I deserve to die. If I do escape, then that means you know. And he basically talks about how like there's no honor in death and like all this other. Basically, Bane just matter of factly lays out the rule of two, which yes. only further infuriates Sarah because like because it makes Bane, so much sense. Bane is like like Bane is not sadistic and he's not re- like he's evil, but like in a very practical way. Yes, it, it, and it, that and is it, the best way to describe. It. He's very practical. Exactly. Right. So like Bane, Bane lays very this all out. Very black and white. Very black and white. Like any uh, a rule that he thinks applies to the universe also implies to him. Exactly. Uh-huh. He, he he just basically views himself as like his personal destiny is to to be someone who rules. But like he at the same time he embraces the fact that like there might be a limit to it if he ends up yep. weak or whatever. Essentially, he views the entire universe as a gigantic like measurement of one's strength. Yes. And, and so so he lays it out. That goes crazy. Lucia basically decides at this point that Sarah's out of line because. Bane didn't do anything really that deserves this. So Lucia goes back in and she basically secretly injects Bane with the stuff that that uh, gives him the the true b- ability to wake all the way. Yes. So at that point, Bane eventually like comes to consciousness and goes like, think just like with a thought, snaps his wrist. Uh, it, uh, you know, uh, restraints. But he doesn't have his lightsaber. So his lightsaber is currently hanging on the Huntress's waist. She's got it right because she took it as a trophy from mm-hmm. when she captured him. Right. Uh. uh the Bane and, or Lucia and Sarah are are uh, off somewhere else, uh, you know, like degrading mentally over this whole situation. The Huntress is following them. The holocron is in some vault. It's in because, some random uh, hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah. it's in the and it's Bane's holocron. No, and it's or is it Bane's? I thought it was. It is. Darth it's and both. Dedus. I think there's. You're right. No, no, it is Darth no, and Dedus. No, you, because, okay. Bane's holocron is in is in the Huntress's pocket. It's in her uh, pocket. Andedu's holocron is in the little cubby in the wall, yes. I think, because the Huntress like actually office. grabbed the uh, the holocron and kept it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Bane breaks out and just starts killing people with the Force, right? So then Xana and Set Hearth show up. They pull into one of the the, the hangar bays. Xana's like, I'm going to go take care of this. You just watch the ship. So she runs off and she starts trying to chase Bane. 
Set Hearth goes for about five minutes, and he's like, at one point, they actually show him like juggling rocks with he's, the force. He, again, he's such an able. Yeah, he's just such he a, can't yeah. like even just sit tight and just like focus long enough to like just be there, which is all he needs to do is just be next to the ship, and he literally can't even. He do can't that. do he it. He starts juggling rocks. Yeah, he starts juggling rocks and shit. Like, so like, so so literally, he ends up going like, actually, no, I'm gonna go. Uh, he can sense the power of the Undatus holocron, mm. so he's like, I want Undatus holocron. So, uh, so sets. Sets part of the story is he basically ventures off. He actually finds Undeadus Holocron, gets it, goes back to this other hangar bay where the other ships are, and he ends up running into the Huntress there. And the Huntress mm-hmm. and him end up having like this game of chicken where neither of them can kill each other, but like neither of them, like Set is like actively sabotaging ships to try to escape, uh, to try to scare the Huntress into letting him escape. And eventually she lets him leave. Yeah. So Set Hearth basically has escaped. With Undeadus Holocron, end of his story in this book. That we know right? of. Uh, yes. That we know of. Uh, and maybe there was another Legends book that brought him up, but I'm not sure. And in theory, he could be alive to this day yeah. as, as a character. He could be the actual Sith Lord. No, maybe, I'm just kidding. Maybe he's Snoke. Snoke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh you know, Snoke is actually Plagueis, who was yeah. person who set hard <laughs> essence transferred and then essence transferred into this other guy. Yes. So, so basically, uh, at this point, Bane can sense that Xana's there and is chasing him. Mm-hmm. So he starts leaving fake echoes of his dark side power in different rooms to basically mislead Xana because he knows that he'll be killed by Xana because he doesn't have his lightsaber yes. on him. So at the same time, uh, uh, Sarah becomes aware that Bane has escaped. So she freaks out and goes, I need to blow up the this stone prison. I need to sabotage it. Which, which was actually inherently, it was built into the stone prison itself. Yes. So, so it was basically, the stone prison was set up to where like if, if the prisoners were escaping or if like a high level prisoner was escaping, there's essentially a self-destruct button that they could press and the entire prison would fall in on itself. But then the above mansion and above structure would not be wounded. Yeah. So it was was a fail safe in case someone was escaping, Mm -hmm. right? Which is basically what's happening, right? Because Bane's getting out. So she, she goes to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to hit the self-destruct button and then gets second thoughts and changes her mind. Because she's worried about Lucia. Lucia. Lucia runs into Bane. And Bane basically is like, why did you save me? And then, and then Lucia kind of breaks it down. But at the same time, like Bane's like, like completely like, like he's fascinated by it. But at the same time, like it's kind of too much is going on. He doesn't really have time for it. Lucia thinks it's like the most important interaction in the world. So she's like asking these questions and stuff. Next thing you know, Xana shows up. Bane's like literally, I think preparing to kill no, no, Lucia, right? No, or he's about to like, Bane, leave her. Bane was just, just like, going to leave Lucia. Yeah, like, hey, but like, Zana shows but up and throws a wave of force power at Bane. Yes. Bane protects himself. Lucia can't protect herself. And she gets just like launched across the tunnel again. and thrown into a rock wall, and she basically breaks into like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, yes, like, again, bones breaking. Drew loves to talk about like bones, bones being breaking. Bones breaking. Yeah, Drew Carbishin. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he likes breaking bones. Yes. So, so she's dead. So she, so Lucia's dead. Uh, basically, collateral damage of of Xana and Bane's uh, a conflict. Xana and Bane engage in this like conflict, and like Bane's like faking like he's gonna pull out his lightsaber, and he's actually like using the force to cause an apparition of his lightsaber, <laughs> even though it's not there. Xana eventually sees through it and it attacks him, and Bane is basically entirely mm-hmm. on the defensive, mm-hmm. trying to protect himself from Xana coming at him, and he's completely dis- dis- disadvantaged. Yes. Sarah finds Lucia's broken body, and then finally goes like. 
okay, now she's just so hopeless. She runs back, and now she hits the self-destruct button right. like, with no hesitation. Just she like, Doesn't she carry the body, though? She drags the body with her. I think she does. Mm. Yeah, she takes the body with her. But, like, Sarah ends up hitting the self-destruct button, and then she ends up going to some ship, and, her, and she takes Lucia, yes. and she leaves. Right? Sarah understands her fault. Yes. Uh, which happened many, many years ago and has been just just a bad seed in her conscious like and, and she kind of it's like a coming to god moment where Ex- like sarah yeah. realized she's like this life that i've lived which is full of vengeance like only brought destruction to my best friend and to to my marriage yes and not my marriage but like my her my life. home my yeah. life she's oh. lost everything she's yes. completely lost now so she goes back to ambria to bury to bury lucia um uh, as the stone prison is blowing up it ends up actually breaking up Bane and Zana's conflict by dropping a bunch of rocks on the floor mm-hmm. that keeps them separated. Um, Bane and Zana kind of sort of have a little bit of an argument in there where they start to talk about, kind of sort their shit out, but they don't really get to the bottom of anything. So then Bane, uh, because they're separated, Bane goes back to the hangar bay. He runs into the Huntress who's waiting by his ship with his lightsaber. And basically she gives him the lightsaber and goes like, I want to learn from you, essentially. Yes. And Bane's like, well, I already have an apprentice, so like we've got to figure the rest of the shit out first, right? Yeah. So but come Bane, along. Bane, yeah, but but okay. So yeah. Bane and the hunters. You you seem really freaky. Come yeah, along. Let's go. <laughs> so well, and Bane obviously has her respect because she's one of the people who beat him. Yes. So so Bane and, and the hunters basically leave and go to Ambria. Now everyone's headed to Ambria, right? So Bane and 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 uh, the Ex- hunters except for headed to Ambria. Uh, yeah, except for Seth Hearth. Sarah and Lucia's dead body headed to Ambria, and then Xana obviously headed to Ambria because Bane sends a message to Ambria, or to Xana, basically goes like, meet me on Ambria. Let's do this. And we'll settle this finally, right? Yeah. So well, during that whole time, during the the, the, the travel of time and the time they're waiting for Xana, Bane basically breaks down for the Huntress how the Sith work. Mm-hmm. And she actually picks a name. Uh, yes. she, she's like, she wants to be Cognis, which is like basically a, a word that kind of breaks around, you know, it, essentially her mental powers that yes. she has, right? With super cognition, cool name. yes. So Darth And Cognis, even when she picks it, Bane's like, oh, that's, that's a good name. Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah. The, the fitting yeah, name. Good yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to yeah. do just fine. Yeah. So so Darth Cognis essentially uh, uh, is Bane's like temporary apprentice pending whatever goes mm. down, right? Very pending. Xana yeah. does show up. And then they basically like make an agreement, like and Cognis literally says to them, like, I will serve whoever wins this battle. Mm-hmm. And then Bane and, and she Zana, just sits down and starts eating popcorn. Oh, like, one, legit. one important detail. Uh they run into Sarah and Lucia on yeah. on, on Ambria, because it's you know, everyone just keeps running into their friends. And <laughs> they and and Sarah's like uh, like uh Luch- the huntress is just giddy about the opportunity she's like she's like she's no more used to us master can i kill her and like and literally like bane's like fine and so the huntress like steps up and just cuts down sarah just kills and her sarah lets it run. happen yeah sarah's, sarah's now at peace she's understood her flaws and has come to grounds with that yeah it's like her story has kind of come full circle in a lot of ways so then bane and, and xana engage in this lightsaber battle out uh, and just imagine epic like on the desert plains of Ambria next to the Black Lake Nath, which is filled with the power of the dark side from an ancient Sith Lord that was trapped by an ancient Sith uh, Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. And they're just fighting on the beach of a, uh, the, the the Lake of Ambria. 
uh, or like Nath, and they're having this epic like showdown of Sith Lords, yes. right? And Bane's kind of winning in the lightsaber area. Like mm-hmm. Xana becomes abundantly aware of the fact that Bane was always holding something back in their conflicts. Xana gets um, tripped up on all things, but Sarah's dead body, I believe. No, 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 no. no, no it was the grave the of Lucia's. Oh, is Lucia's, that what it was? Uh, oh, Lucia's grave. grave. Like, yeah, she trips of all on, things. Like, she trips on Lucia's <laughs> a bit grave. Symbolic. A little yeah. odd. Yeah. But in the process, she unleashes a uh, uh, a Sith sorcery, a different one than we've ever seen. Because we've well, the original one, the original one is the the one that we've seen. Yeah, the one we've seen with the. So she does this one where she like waves her fingers, and essentially the person starts to experience their worst fears. Mm -hmm. So she does that to Bane, but she can't attack him while she's doing it because she has to like stay doing the spell. Yeah. So Bane's like wiping his waving his lightsaber at these like apparitions that are attacking him. But Bane is the first person that can fight this off, and he's like, oh wait. These aren't real. Yeah. And then just decides yeah. to not worry about it. Bane them. burns those away. Yeah. And so they re-engage and he's got Xana dead to rights again. And then she unleashes this like other spell that causes these like tendrils of like black steam to come up from the ground. Envision like, like um, a squid's arm, like an appendage. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought yeah. too. Yeah. Like a, like a, like kind of like squid arm shaped thing. But of massive. Like, of, of, of like uh, of steam basically. Yeah. And, and essentially it, catches Bane as he's going for the coup de gras. Uh-huh. Like he's Xana trips on the grave. He's going down to kill her, and the tendril just literally lops his arm off. And Bane didn't know if they were real or not, but he soon finds out that these are legitimately like physical the, uh, the manifestations of pure dark side energy. Yes. So and it basically it, it cuts his arm off. His brain, his his whole mind is on the verge of descending into the void. Because the pain was so Because incredible. the pain was so horrible. And this man, like, like envision the pain that, that he's already, already been felt. Through. Like, mm. like, for this to mess him up that bad is, like, literally unfathomable. But at the la- his last act, he reaches out with his other arm and grabs Xana by the wrist and basically tries the ritual of essence transfer. Yes. And so, now, from the Huntress's view, so we go over to the Huntress's view, because, like, they, they explain it. It's like, Xana and Bane are locked in this battle of wills inside of Xana's body, and then it just goes, and then Drew Carpenter basically goes, and then it was all over. So, like, it was over. They act like it was over in an instant. Can you imagine, though, like, the actual, like, physical watch of that, right? Incredible battle. Two Sith just getting after it. All of a sudden, this, like, steam tentacle touches Bane. He freaks out. And then all of a sudden, they just go... No. <laughs> oh yeah. No, like, but they say Bane's, like Bane's body disappears. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that, so Bane, it, it would be actually more no, interesting. They switch because I envision them just like going through this entire battle and then them just holding hands uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just <laughs> and then so, just standing there. But that's not what happened. You're right. So, You're right. So they switch to the huntress's point of view, and she basically sees Bane's body like disappear. But then there, she also says there's like a bright flash, like there was mm-hmm. bright flash, like an explosion of energy. And it happened. It happens fast. Like it happens instant. fast. But it's like this battle of wills, right? And then Xana basically like walks over. Over to to Cognis. Well, and- let's talk about the Battle of Wills first. Like it, it, like in in detail, talks about Bane's cognition, like trying to beat out Xana's, yeah. and like how there was like a true fight where a, like a it felt like bow- power. Yes, yeah. yeah, and it felt like one of them was like winning, and then like the other one, like it was like the way that it's described is very interesting and something that I could never properly discuss or like even show details on. Drew Carperson is again the book is really easy. these books are really easy to read I recommend reading mm-hmm. them uh, or listening to the auto audio book but yeah like they're essentially there's this battle of wills it looks like Xana wins right so Xana comes over and uh essentially like they have their conversation where they're like Bane is gone I am your master now and then she basically pleads 
uh, you know, servitude to Xana. But then like, there's this weird thing where like, like the Huntress or Darth Cognis is like looking down and like Xana's left hand is like spasming, like spasming. and, and like kind of like squeezing. And so this, and that, that's basically how the book ends. Yes. Now what, what is interesting though, is like, that is, would seem to be a strong indicator that Bane's, um, you know, essence transfer worked. Mm-hmm. Drew Carpishan has been interviewed about this yes. and he has said that that was not his intention. It was intended to be more of like a piece of Bane survived, but yeah. that Xan and, and I kind of, that's kind of how I interpret it too, because like you open a big can of worms when it starts to be like, what if Bane was plague was Plagueis? What if Bane was Sidious too? You know, like right. that's where it can exactly, get weird. Exactly. And, and, and Drew talks about how the fact that he throughout this series was always a narrator that told the truth. Like he was never trying to to throw up smoke screens throughout the entire series. Like he was always very like forthcoming with with his intentions and with the intentions of the characters. And then that's what he kind of banks on. He's like, it was never my intention to to throw you know uncertainty around whether or not Bane or Xana survived. He's like, I thought it was super obvious that Xana survived because the narrator is Xana when she's talking about who she is. Yeah. And and to me that makes total sense. I will admit though. The first time that we went through this, Jason and I had a long discussion in my kitchen probably three or four years ago about whether or not Xana survived or Bane survived. And I was convinced that Bane had survived, which I know is not the truth now. So we're going to, so after this High Republic book, The Eye of Darkness, we're going to read Plagueis. Mm -hmm. And Plagueis is like one of my all time favorite Star Wars books. And you're going to have so much fun uh, reading it because it just, it's, it's so much more on the intellectual, like dark side stuff. And it's the... Darth Plagueis as a book is literally the breakdown of the of the grand plan mm-hmm. coming to fruition. They break down how the clone army was conceptualized and how they even took a look at different types of clones and yeah. they settled on humans as as the type of clone that was best to use. They talk about how they manipulated, uh, excuse me, Count Dooku to leave the Jedi Order. They talk about like kind of the radicalized Qui Gon Jinn. They talk about like. How they put Palpatine into power at Naboo, like they immaculately break down how Palpatine and it, it, Palpatine and Plagueis's right. uh, grand plan worked, which is so cool. But again, and this is the dead giveaway for me in that book, Plagueis and Sidious could not be more different. Right, like Plagueis is this like intellectual, like almost like a philosopher, mm-hmm. and then Sidious is very much like a manipulative politician, and yeah. they're and they're very different. And if the and if Bane had basically transferred his essence down the line, I don't think you'd have two no. markedly different Sith These Not are to mention different Plagueis souls. talks about uh-huh. breaks in the line. So like I wanna say it's uh I wanna say it's Cognus's apprentice, but there is I think it's Cognus's apprentice. There is an apprentice somewhere in that Bane line that turns to the light side and starts destroying all of their like they talk, they talk about it in Sith lore as like a huge step back in, mm-hmm. in in the grand plan. But and then and then I think Cognus ends up coming back and killing that guy and taking a new apprentice. Jeez. But like like they're 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 like the the Bane line is complicated. And so like yeah. if it was essence transfer all the way through, no. it would have been much cleaner. Yeah, because Bane would have manipulated everything. Right. Yeah. Way more boring too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that wasn't Bane's intention. Again, no. like Bane was very much so loyalist to himself. And with that comes the death at some point. Well, in theory, to your point, if his motivations were legitimate, it's very possible that he could have done the essence transfer into Xana and then given up the reins to Darth Cognus through the a traditional right. means. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. But we know, we know. Long story short, that Xana was the the winner. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys, that is all we have for today. Uh, we will be back next week with another week in review and probably an early touch into um, into the High Republic book. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about maybe trying to organize something around doing some stuff with Game of Thrones because I think that'd cool. be fun to kind of get some more content. As always, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.